Cracking Copy is a marketing and copywriting podcast where we lift the lid on writing for business and read between the lines of effective copy. This is a podcast for creative entrepreneurs and savvy business owners like you who understand the value that great copy can bring to their bottom line. We dive into a different aspect of writing for business in each episode, debunk the myths about how we should write and explore the ways that writing can be fun, conversational and creative, while also being high impact for serious results. So listen, laugh and learn with us, Ella Hoyos and Minnie McBride, as we share our words and wisdom in each snack-sized episode. Expect some light bulb moments, interesting guests and practical takeaways as we crack the copy code together. Welcome to another episode of Cracking Copy with me, Minnie McBride and Ella Hoyos. Um, In this episode today, we are looking at how copywriting has evolved since the advent of the digital age. And we're going to discuss the use of language, word choice, diction um, and execution and how that is different than sort of 30 years ago. Um, But before we sort of uh, go into that, I just thought it might be an idea or we thought it might be an idea because of the evolution, um, those of us, as in Ella and myself, who took career breaks, really, when we wanted to come back to work, um, things had moved on extremely quickly. And we actually met virtually. Do you know, we've never, ever met in person, which is madness. <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> we're going to, we're going to. So we met nearly three years ago on a course where we were on a course run by a company called Tech Pixies, which... It aims to get women back to work and is discusses digital marketing. So it was it was there that that we met and things had changed quite a lot, hadn't they, Ella? Yes, yes, that was the heady days of of um, well early January twenty twenty two. Even before we knew that the pandemic was looming ahead of us. 2020, um, 2020. Oh yeah, twenty twenty. <laughs> sorry, we're in twenty twenty two now. I see. Um, <laughs> But yes, for me, social media, learning the social media and meeting on this course was the missing link. It was the thing that I felt I'd fallen behind on as I'd not been in the workplace. I'd been at home with children, raising a family. And I thought if we can get up to speed with social media um, and that will um, plug the gap in my marketing knowledge, if you like. And so that's what drew me uh, to the course. Um, But since then, you and I both have, have... we've learned what we can about social media and we've moved on towards that and decided both individually um, to specialise in copywriting, um, which leans into some of our past experience, some of my past experience as a newspaper editor and things like that. And then we came together, didn't we, uh, probably a year or so ago um, to work together on copywriting. And that's where our journey has taken us. Um, and that's why we're bringing this podcast to you now, because this is our way of um, really deep diving into some of these copywriting topics that we're, we've learned so much about. And it's, yeah, it's a way of us actually also, um, as we research for each episode, we do learn new things ourselves. So it's a way to learn things and share them. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, so back in the day, so <laughs> back in the day, um, <laughs> obviously, apart from the whole how marketing itself and how your tactical marketing has changed because of social media, et cetera, and email and and so on. You know, my you know, I, I learned sort of offline marketing. And then so all of the copywriting that I did was, um, you know, brochures, 
sort of direct mail letters. So I think what we wanted to have a, a, a talk about today was how really how you um, construct copy, um, what you write is different now than how it was before and we were going to have a look at some of the kind of some examples very briefly about some of the what we would call legacy copywriters but before that before that which goes back to the principle if we go back to the principles of marketing which actually have always been there so I mean we've sort of highlighted a few here sort of know your audience highlight the benefits and the transformation have a unique USP, um, an ability to hook the reader. And all of those have, have always been um, principles of marketing. Even if you look at some of the kind of copywriting greats of the of the sort of 60s, 70s, 80s, um, even early 90s, how it's changed. Yeah, absolutely. I would agree with that. So those main core principles of good marketing, but also their core principles of good writing, they are constants throughout time. If you know who you're writing to, you know your reader, um, if you can make a promise to them and deliver the, the, your solution in a way that they can clearly see um, how the features and particularly the benefits of that solution will help them to make a transformation in their own personal situation or to solve a problem, um, and if you can do it in a way that demonstrates your uniqueness over and above the competition, um, then those are the core things. And, and even when we look back through history and through time, um, a good sales letter, a good advert, a good um, advertorial will contain each of those elements will be addressed within that copy. Yeah, so in that respect, I suppose it hasn't really change so much so I suppose in, in advance of thinking about these what immediately that comes to mind with digital writing the focus is on brevity isn't it it's about about being succinct to the point shorter sentences shorter paragraphs but with the same sort of strategies at the heart of them that have kind of always been there um, and I've actually got a really interesting stat I found that back in the 70s, it's estimated that the average person saw between 500 and 1600 ads per day. So that would be anything from like uh, billboards, newspapers, TV, magazines. I mean, that seems still quite a lot to me. But now it, I think this stat was actually end of 2021. It's 6000 to 10,000 ads a day. So. I mean, that's just mental. So social media, Google, banners, YouTube, you know, video, YouTube, email, in-game ads, product placement, you know, influencers, as well as everything that comes through your letterbox, leaflets, newspaper, TV. I mean, totally bombarded from all angles now. I don't know how, who measured this, you know, I, I don't know how they, the researchers get to these figures because it's mind boggling to think that we actually are exposed to six to 10,000 media I mean, messages and adverts a day. Um, you know, it makes me want to cry. I know, but I suppose <laughs> if you ask the average person, how many ads do you think you see a day? I mean, I'd probably say up there, 10. I mean, I don't, yeah. <laughs> well, how many are memorable? And I think the thing is, we have learned as a species for our survival and our sanity, we filter most of it out. Um, yeah. We've become quite adept at, at filtering. So what we remember or recall seeing is probably way, well, it's going to be a fraction of that um, because we're sort of 
blinkered we're only, we've got tunnel vision we're only you know to we only want to see what we want to see we have that selective perception really um so we've probably become very good at filtering yeah i think you're right i think you do and i mean if you'd said to me you know after i'd read the paper on sunday well how many which ads did you see and i'd say i can't remember any of them i didn't look at any of them i literally skipped over all of them like all of them yeah i can't this is this is the challenge isn't it for marketers and copywriters is how how to get noticed in this absolute sea of noise um it's very difficult it's really really difficult and i think you know it's become it's become a bit of a science hasn't it so you're now when you're writing now it's about you know you have to think about the the seo and um not for, for ads, but yeah the search engine optimization Optimizing. so on your website and your blogs and your articles and you know newspaper articles and all of that stuff for their online need to have that too so that the google crawlers find them and so it's become much more sort of scientific in that respect i suppose for people to you to find things obviously in the first place but in terms if you're writing you know you're writing sort of an email so what's going to get someone to open the email and what's going to get someone to read your twitter ad and i mean it is kind of quite a, a minefield and so I was, we want to have a look at just a couple of um sort of really really famous ads from back in the day and there's david the famous um copywriter and and advertising guru david ogilvy his favourite yes. ad that he did was for, for Rolls-Royce. Um, and it was quite long. It was, so the, the title is, at 60 miles an hour, the loudest noise in the new Rolls-Royce comes from the electric clock. Um, great headline. It's quite a long headline, but it was very successful. But then it's followed by 719 words of copy. Now, I think that now, I mean, that would be, you know, advertorial, but also... <laughs> when do you see a Rolls-Royce ad um but you know it was you know aspirational and I mean yeah I mean it's like a feature-length article um, but was very successful yeah. but that was the style in those days wasn't it that was the format and this what we we're saying that when we talk about the evolution of of this stuff is the style of writing has changed yeah. and the style of well the method of consumption has changed a lot so Back in the time when David Ogilvy wrote that Rolls Royce ad, I don't was that nineteen sixties. Yeah, I think it must have been actually um, so around about that time. But um, you know, people were buying a newspaper on you know daily. Perhaps that was one of their key sources of news. Yes, there was television, and yes, there was radio, but there certainly wasn't internet. There wasn't social media and that sort of thing. And when people buy a newspaper or choose something like that off a shelf they're being intentional about what they want to consume um and they're probably going to sit down at the table and pour over their newspaper you know read it carefully and so that they were quite happy readers were more happy to consume an article of that length with an 18 word headline and would you ever write an 18 word headline these days i know it's it's, it's fascinating but you know again it was really successful and then yeah um there's a really famous I wanted also to talk about Martin Conroy um and he wrote what has been described as the greatest sales letter of all time which um which was a letter that was sent out to sell subscriptions for the Wall Street Journal and this one letter <laughs> was sent 
between 1975 and 2003. That's 27 years, the same letter. And it brought mm -hmm. in $2 billion worth of sales. And they didn't change it. 27 years, they just didn't change it. Mm -hmm. And again, I mean, obviously in 2003, it wasn't, you know, they perhaps thought they might uh, try something new. <laughs> but it's, it's mad, isn't it? So if you're thinking about someone now in the digital age doing one email, the same email for the next 20 I mean, it just wouldn't happen because things are just yeah. going to change and it's 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 quite frightening I mean if that was 2003 that's like 19 years I mean it's it's frightening how how things have changed and and moved on I think yeah the, the speed of change um yeah absolutely I mean I again I you know I question the who who came up with this two billion pound figure how did they figure out that one sales letter and, and well, also, I guess if it's the only letter they're sending out and they've got mm. I don't know maybe they had a reply pay thing on I mean I'll have a look I mean when I've been yeah, I'm, I'm looking looking up the news that the the letter that he wrote it only has the text it doesn't have any um detail but presumably they they were able to say okay well we got these many subs over this amount of time um yeah yeah, yeah. I mean extremely but but mad really uh, <laughs> you know but then i suppose you know i shouldn't question it too much because you know recently i was quoted um from a, an email marketer of today um who sent an email out recently and yes it was one email as part of a, a sequence so it was it was in the context of a a longer sequence um and sales funnel but one email was able to generate eight hundred thousand dollars um for a company and i can't give you the details i can't remember wow, i'm just quoting what i heard yeah so you know it is possible it is totally possible um for one piece of copy to actually have that sort of impact if it's engineered in the, in the right way um and so yeah it's great there's a lot we can learn from these sort of legacy copywriters in terms of dissecting you know having a look at what they write and we can cast off what feels old-fashioned or long-winded and now and with our with our knowledge of, of writing for the digital age which we're going to talk about um we're going to come on to um you know we can take the we can we can take the bits we want and leave the bits we don't want but yeah basically. and then, yes you're right we certainly can't it's just just to ha how different it is and actually this sales letter um that martin conroy wrote was nearly two pages long as well which you know, I think was obviously taking the, I mean, I suppose in a way, if you've got like a, a sales email now, that can be 6,000 odd words, can't it? Of course it can. Yeah, um, it can. And, and that's it's, not to say it's not effective either. Not everything has to be short. It depends what yeah. you're selling sometimes, because I think the point, the thing is to say what you need to say and to educate your customer and take them on this, this journey from, um you know not being aware of uh, of a solution to to fully embracing the solution you're providing and knowing it's right for them you take them on a journey and that that takes as long as it takes sort of thing as long as we're not plumping up a copy and filler words and, and keeping people engaged on this this reading through um the email or the advertorial or whatever then that's okay. I think the thing is just to keep them hooked and engaged yeah. and to say as much as you need to say um, in as, as concisely as possible. And for some buying decisions are going to need 
a more considered approach. So they're going to need a longer explanation, a longer um a longer hand holding, I guess, in order to yeah, persuade to you take, that you, to, yeah, to click take the, the customer and... through this journey. Yeah. Something of a lower ticket, you know, a lower price offer or a quicker decision, an easier decision, um, perhaps can be done in, in far fewer words, um, in a much more concise way, you know. Yeah. So if we're looking at something like a sales letter, I suppose the difference, what we would say now is the difference. So you would so the Wall Street Journal letter would have been a block of text um, and it would, I guess, it would have been personalised. So now, yes, you would get a personalised letter, but it would be um, shorter sentences. It would probably have some video in there. It would have click buttons in there. Mm -hmm. It would have quotes in there and boxes. It would be very skimmable. Uh, yeah. because, and, and I, you know, because of um, the way I suppose that our brains now are just slightly wired differently because of the amount of, you know, messages and sales messages yeah. being thrown at us on a daily basis. Yeah, absolutely. So the way we consume content these days um, is much more interactive. We interact with it. So that's why uh, we want the multimedia experience because we're used to seeing the videos and that sometimes makes content easier to digest. Um, so we're not passive um, consumers anymore, just reading the text that's presented to us. We're, we're constantly interacting with it. We're clicking through if we want to find out more about that thing or we're watching a video if we want to... Um, uh, give our eyes a break you know give our <laughs> reading mind a break if you like so Let's slightly bring more Gary in. yeah we could bring Gary in so Gary Halbert who's been described as one of the best ever direct response marketers and copywriters and he's um you know a bit more recent but I think if you like he's almost like a bridge I suppose between the sort of legacy copywriters and and today because he was one of the first to run a b testing now although he did that in an old school way he mailed them out but he um, built a list of proven formulas still used today and that's um can be seen in his book the boron letters which he wrote when he was in prison and that's another story <laughs> um, <laughs> um he also the importance of headlines was very um making it specific and compelling um, and he he was sort of one of the first to make it really specific. So um, I've got an example here of a generic, you know, heading, how you can make extra money as a heading, but specific, you know, how to buy LA real estate with no money down. So really specific. Then he, yeah, he was, he was, um, you have used winning formulas like ADA, which we've talked about before the mm. um, attention, interest, desire. Action. Yeah. yeah. So he used that a lot, um, grabbing attention without annoying the reader. And then one of the other things um, is that he did was um, build a swipe file. Now, Ella, swipe yes. files for those that don't know what they are. Yeah. So swipe files are your a collection of inspiration, aren't they? Inspirational reference guide that you can make yourself um there are plenty of people who provide swipes now online um so basically you take wait where you notice um and something has caught your attention maybe it's an email maybe it's a feature something you've read in a magazine an advert 
uh, if it's caught your attention and you like it, then take it and look at the template, just dissect how it was written, um, how it's structured and see, you know, I use swipe files to then see if I can apply my message uh, in that format, see if it will work. So it's a sort of shortcut um, yeah. to structuring sheet. your mm. copy. Yeah, cheat sheet. Um, now, I didn't realise that Gary Halbert was the first to create um, swipe files, but now they are commonplace. And most I don't know if he was one of the first. I don't know if he was the first, yeah. but he certainly um, was perhaps popularised it. Popularised it and 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 wrote about wrote about it and sort of when he was giving his um mm. you know his secrets away yeah um, so yeah this is interesting but yeah I don't know if he was the first one but certainly you know he was championing it perhaps before other yeah. people were yeah whereas now as you say it's really commonplace isn't it um yeah and he was um all for find a starving crowd translating facts to benefits which is sort of something that we you know we do all the time facts are boring you know yeah. what do you know what he means by um find a starving crowd you want to tell us pardon <laughs> so what do you say do i know what he means by find yes do you know what because i i'm not sure what that means well i think it is about finding a solution to something that people are desperate for so i see yes so so I suppose that's how you say it, but also where you're, where you, where you're putting your message. So, you know, if it's um, in the place of greatest needs, sort of thing. Yeah, you know, the world's greatest exciting jam recipes. Well, you probably start at the WI type thing. If you see what I mean. <laughs> you know? No stereotypes in this show, are they? No, sorry. <laughs> WI for uh, for anyone younger than us um, is Women's <laughs> Institute, but they do make some delicious jams. <laughs> so yeah, so um, so kind of learning from them. I mean, it's it's a it's all about making it memorable, keeping it short. And I think one of the things that everyone says is when you have written something, you cut, cut, and cut. So you might think it's short, but you can still make it shorter. Be specific. Yes, be ruthless. Be, yeah, yep. be ruthless, be specific, don't be afraid to test and make it skimmable. Um, and and just to, on that note, skimmable, that's for the people who love to scroll. And that's most of us these days. We're just so used to scrolling through. We haven't got a lot of time and attention to give things. So um, <clears throat> if if we can have key crossheads throughout the text and um, obvious sort of bold bits and larger bits, then we can skim read uh, top level stuff and still get the gist of you know still get the message it's trying to convey yes yeah, so it's all very scientific now isn't it so do you think we've bamboozled people with um well it isn't it's simple messages but it's the i think the, the issue is that it isn't easy and it comes with practice and and learning and and testing what works yeah i agree so today more modern day copywriting well Let's think about this. Marketing research shows that 80% of an advertisement or a sales letter's success comes from two main things. Number one, the headline, and number two, the lead. You know, if people read nothing else, they're probably going to see your headline first. If you can capture that, capture their attention in that moment, then you're, you've got a chance of, of reeling them into the rest of your, your messaging. Um, so, you know, 
every marketer knows that um, how important the headline is, but many of us ignore the critical importance of the lead um, or the the hook, if you like. You know, the lead or the opening paragraph is like the most important part of your story. It's the most important yeah. part of your message. Um, and audiences are simply, you know, most of the time are not willing to read beyond the first paragraph or even the first sentence of your story unless it grabs their interest. So those are the real important um, takeaways, I think, when you're writing your own copy today. Yeah, that's really, no, I think that's really interesting because actually if your headline and your lead is no good, no one's going to read on. Mm. Um, and you know what? I've just thought of a little exercise. I might do this and you can try this at home if you like as well. But if we look at some of those old sales letters, and it's possible we can link to some in the show notes, we can look at the, um, you know, the Ogilvy's Rolls Royce advert or yeah. whatever. Can we rewrite that for today's audience? You know, so rewrite the headline and the lead for as if we were writing for a today's audience. And can we succinctly take what all the goodness, there is much of the goodness out of those old sales letters which did a great job in their time um and rewrite that for a modern audience i know that would be an interesting skill it would seem mm. a bit sacrilege though given that they were so successful of their time wouldn't it to do that but, but i know yeah. what you mean it would be quite an interesting um it would be a really interesting thing to do we'll Just have a look see if, you, if it, yeah if it's doable yeah, try i'm to gonna go. give it a go mm. <laughs> try so yes yeah, so well i think that's sort of our musings on on how things have changed and certainly i think it's 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 just so interesting to have 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 sort of seen the seen the sort of the difference and the and the, and the change sort of in a in a very short part of my lifetime really and my adult lifetime it's changed and i find that it's amazing and you just wonder in the next 20 30 years yeah. how changes. people are going to be yeah, yeah how people are going to be consuming their content and getting their messages really interesting yeah. maybe the met think, metaverse <laughs> yeah totally the metaverse maybe. and other maybe. scary places like that mm. um but yeah i think this is a topic this evolution of of writing um and language and and also that question of style and how we consume things i think this is a topic that we will come back to again and yeah, again because I think it has so many facets to it anyway let us know what you think and get in touch um all the details are below in the show notes um yeah I'm thank all... you for listening yeah we'll see you next time you have been listening to the cracking copy podcast with ella hoyos and minnie mcbride don't miss out on future episodes by making sure you hit subscribe down below to keep up with all our podcasts and more details and resources are in our show notes so we'll see you next time.